0: Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind.
1: And good Thursday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of the Grind. It's it's going to be a fun day today, as we've got a lot to cover, a lot to talk about. As the Lady Rebels are victorious regional champs, we'll talk a little bit about that, how it progressed. We hopefully will have a call uh, from Freddie Baseball, but Freddie Baseball covering a little little basketball. Uh, for, for Oak Ridge, and we'll talk a little bit about that and the matchup that is tonight uh, at Maryville High School as the Red Rebels look to match the ladies uh, and bring home some regional gold to Maryville High School. But this is the time of the year when when things are getting a little hairy. Uh, and when I say hairy, I'm talking about the NCAA tournament, the SEC tournament. Uh, a lot of things are getting, getting in line, and, and, you know, when things get torn up, Things get hairy from the fan base as well. Uh, it's always fun, you know. And, and I'm gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Yesterday, it was hard to make me angry. And I know for those who know me, maybe that shocks you. Maybe it doesn't. But here's the deal. <laughs> Usually, when I'm not really fully rested, no, and the the sleep quantity was not what it should have been the night before. Normally, irritable is maybe a decent way to explain my my personality. But, uh, inject a little uh, Tennessee victory over Kentucky, and that, of course, changes. So, the night of uh, said Tennessee victory over, over Kentucky, and again, this is Fans Perspective Radio, so why not talk about the reaction from said Tennessee fans but uh on twitter you can be who you want to be that makes sense um there was a twitter account that said pj washington but the problem was he got followed like pj washington so i thought that was pretty funny one because it got me too because i looked and i went really did he just say that so it said and, and and this is quotes. It says, WTF is Kentucky doing right now? Only team I actually hate losing to is Tennessee. Like, if you're going to lose to anyone, at least lose to a quality program. That has 32, 34 retweets and th- 225 likes as of now. But it also has a lot of rebuttals from people who says, listen, this is... Uh, this is not how this should be. But, it's you know, there's a lot of Admiral Schofield pumping the jersey out. Uh, there's a lot of Tennessee's taking five of the last eight. If the Vols aren't quality, what does that say about the Cats? Thought that was a really good point. But come to find out, uh, it said, uh, another guy said, yeah, I guess going two and four against Tennessee in your career can make you feel this way. And it showed P.J. Washington's years – uh, in there. So PJ Washington got got big orange Twitter tore up. It said, due to the fact I'm not PJ Washington, I have not I have not gone two and four against Tennessee in my career, so that's not why I feel the way I do. And uh, he said, I'm not John Fulkerson. That's why my username isn't John Fulkerson. And he says, Good, because I really don't like John Fulkerson. I love it. I love it. You watched if you watched sports yesterday at all Paul Feinbaum, ESPN, anybody who would have talked who would have been talking, SEC basketball talked about John Fulkerson yesterday, Fulky, uh, the Incredible Fulk, all the different acronyms or, or or nicknames, I guess you would say that came out of that are directly related to him doing great things at Kentucky. Don't get me wrong. You can you can show out and blow up against Dayton, and people think that's really cool. That's nice. That's that's a really good performance. But you do it against Kentucky, and I don't know that you don't paint yourself in a in a pretty nice corner. And what I mean by that is, John Fulkerson literally led us to a victory in Rupp. At 10 a.m. the next morning, he was reading to a to an elementary school in Knoxville. He's taking it in. He's a local kid that understands the impact he has. He went to Dead End Barbecue for lunch. Picked up, you know, so, some some fan there. So I don't know. I I think what, what was able to be done uh two nights or I guess, yeah, two nights ago. Not last night, the one before. Um puts Tennessee in some pretty good air. I I'll, I'll be honest with you. Bracketology has not been what I focused on. Uh, the last couple weeks, because Tennessee uh, was not doing well. And, and really, I'm sitting here and I'm like, does it really matter? We're not on the first four in. We're not on the last four out. How is this going to impact Tennessee? And I'm looking, and this is this is up to date as of about 20 minutes ago, Tennessee's still not on the bubble. Tennessee's still not where they need to be. And, and here's the deal, four – Southeastern Conference teams are showing up in the, the 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 bracket. They've got Auburn at a five seed. They've got Kentucky now at a three seed. Uh, they've got Florida at a nine seed. And they've got LSU as an eight seed. Those are your SEC Conference representatives in the NCAA tournament as of now. Tennessee uh, – nearly beat auburn tennessee did beat florida tennessee has beaten kentucky and tennessee was nip and tuck with lsu that's one you'd like to have back but what do you have to do to get there that's the question that kept getting asked yesterday does winning at kentucky get you back in the ncaa and and i think a win at kentucky by itself absolutely not i don't think it does but I think you win at Kentucky, you win at Auburn and you do a little damage in the SEC tournament, then you're a different looking basketball team to those who got to put you in. You know, could you beat out a 15 seat right state? Could you get ahead of a 14th seed Colgate? You know what I'm saying? Is there are there places you can beat out a 15 seeded Little Rock? I think Tennessee's a better a more intriguing matchup for any of these. So with that being said, I think Tennessee's got some damage that they've got to do. Looking at the games last night, again, flip script from a week or two ago, I was very much, you know, who whatever happens, happens. Let's just get to the SEC tournament. The only way we're going to make it is run the table in the tournament. And I'm not sure that that's not still a viable option or maybe a more more viable option than what we've got to do uh in, in the in the intermediate but you look at it Tennessee's got one regular season foe ahead of them Auburn Auburn is a, is, is listed as a five seed there they were 24 and 5 going into last night's matchup with Texas A&M. Texas A&M Texas A&M not that good and they were at Auburn on the road we know that feeling Auburn looked rough coming out of the gate, and I'm like, they're they, they they're trying to sleepwalk through this A&M game. They're looking ahead. They've seen what Tennessee did to Kentucky, and they're changing the script. And if they did, I hope they take this, strip, this script to Knoxville. They fall to Texas A&M last night, 78-75. to 75, And really, uh, Samir Dowdy, he still did his thing. He still had 25 points, but he only had two rebounds, four assists. It was a matter of Josh Nebo leading this team, nineteen points, three rebounds and a block, and the, the, the supporting cast there of AM just going into going into Auburn and not being scared of Auburn. Not not worried that they have a home court advantage, not not worrying about uh any of those dynamics. They ended up taking a seven point lead to the half, thirty three to twenty six, and then outscored uh, and then, then continued and held on to that lead and finished 78 to 75 but you look at that I don't know what helps and what hurts I, I don't know that I'm not this time of year's kind of you, you'll come off a little too two-sided because you want you want the big names to go down but that kind of muddies the area you're trying to to take up so I think that's a little bit of of what you got to look at, but as the phone lines light up, let's let's see what they got to say. Uh, hopefully, maybe it's Freddie Baseball. Hey, you're on the
2: grind. Good morning, gentlemen. Fred Stroll. Hey,
1: what's up, Freddie Baseball? Well, pretty good. <laughs> Here
2: mainly talking about basketball this morning. Uh, that's where you want to go with it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know you've uh, you've been doing some work for for the uh, is it the Oak Ridger?
2: The Oak Ridger and the Clinton Courier News for the last couple of weeks covering um, district tournaments in, uh, well, District 3, the uh, you know, Oak Ridge, Clinton, that gang. And then I've been doing the region tournament this week down at uh, Marable and Bearden. So, Girls finished up last night with um, Marable beating Bearden. Yeah, I really thought that was huge
1: it. for 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 the ladies because you know that they, they had they had stumped their toe in the district tournament and then come back and get this regional crown. I think that that speaks highly for for the girls that are on that team, Danae Fritz, and of co yes. of co- of course, Coach West's daughter. Uh, and and those are that's a really good dynamic there, and the way they're playing right now uh, bodes well for the way they can go into that sectional round.
2: Well, I um. I talked to um, the coach after the game last night, and uh, know um, know a couple of the uh, of the parents from some of the Marvel players, and I, I kind of gathered that was kind of a payback game. And I don't know how they lost to uh, Bearden in that district tournament because um, Maribel came back to play Clinton, one of the teams I cover in the regional semifinal and. Put it to them pretty good, and the only thing that uh, the Marvel folks told me was that uh, Marble just had a bad night that night against Beard, and they had their challenges last night for a while. I mean, it was not uh, uh, it was not an easy game in the beginning, but uh, they kept after it, took control there toward the end, and so they get to host a. Um, Substate game uh, Saturday night against, I guess, Daniel Boone.
1: Yeah, let me let me pull up the the region bracket here. Uh, they will actually the runner up of. Let me refresh. But uh, I've had the opportunity to cover cover the Maryville program uh, this season some as well. And, and what I see from the girls, and this is the way I, I, I tell people, is is it's not that other teams can't beat Maryville; it's the fact that the most likely one to beat Mariville is Mariville Uh, they, they have to be an right. off night for, for the, for those teams to, to kind of stumble. And yeah, it looks like you're correct. Freddie, uh, Marival and Daniel Boone will be Saturday at 7. PM.
2: Right. That, uh, that Maryville win over Oak Ridge was very significant too. Now I'm, I'm very familiar with Oak Ridge from having been up in Anderson County all, all these years. And, uh, that, uh, that, game was played the other night and the tournament game and of course Marival won and um of course Oak Ridge is not as strong as they as they have been, but Marvel looked uh, uh you know, Marvel looked good in that one. And uh I think they're probably gonna go to um Murfreesboro. I guess they still play the state tournament in Murfreesboro, right?
1: Yes sir, yes sir. Go to yeah, the borough. I, I,
2: think, I mean I know uh, I know um what they were talking last night, they they would rather be playing Daniel Boone than playing Science Hill because apparently Science Hill knocked them out of the sub state last year. Mm. I know Science Hill had a better record, so uh, so they got their way on that one.
1: Yeah, but, look, uh, looks like um, I'm trying to trying to get where Daniel Boone was. Daniel Boone was a two seed out of District One, so yeah, right. they they were uh, they were they'll get the lesser of those two right there.
2: Right, right. But what and do what do you think? Uh,
1: what do you think about Danae Fritz? I think she's a I think she's a phenomenal rebounder. I think she uh, she likes to yeah, score. I,
2: uh, yeah, I've watched her the last couple games. Uh, she was the uh, tournament MVP. I don't know how many points she scored, but she definitely was a leader on the floor. And there was an interesting point in the game. Was probably in the. Um, late in the third period, the game was fairly close at that point. Uh, she and one of the Bearden players were kind of getting into a pushing match uh, against each other, and it was starting to get a little physical, and the official blew the whistle and called a double foul on both players. And um, after that, things kind of settled down. But at the same time, I think that gave mariville a little bit of uh, – of uh, motivation to uh, keep getting after it. Because keep in mind, they were playing game at Beard. I mean, nobody got thrown out, nobody got a technical, but no, she's she's very good and made some key shots along the way, especially when the game was close. And she obviously deserved to be the tournament MVP.
1: Yeah, she's got a she's got an offer from Cincinnati. I I just like the way that she's. She's pretty selfless. I think she gets after it and tries to, to do the best thing, not necessarily just stuff the stat sheet. Uh, it just ends up a lot of times the best thing to do is give it to her. So uh, I think that's one of the dynamics that I like. I, I like that, uh, you know, the little shooter Fritz, I like what she was able to bring to the floor. And it's kind of an inside-out game sometimes uh, when, when you can really move, move to the shooter once everybody started crashing on Fritz.
2: Yeah, and Marvel's very good at passing the ball around and making the plays, and uh, that was especially the case uh, when they played Oak Ridge the other night. They uh, they they just they they are they're coached well. They obviously practice well, and they execute in the game situation.
1: Yeah, I, and that's something that you know. And this is just my my year in review, right? Um, one thing that I. I I think is very unique, uh, about mariville athletics. And, and I put that because I've, I've watched now football, uh, basketball, ladies, basketball, and then, then actually watching a little bit of early, uh, you, you know, prep for, for baseball and everybody, everybody plays with that chip that like somebody's coming to knock us down. And, and, and to mm-hmm. me, when you've had success, and you've done it for 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 quite a while. Of course, football may be more sustained than the others, but it's just it's interesting that that hunger sticks around through all the sports because that's something that you don't always see across across East Tennessee or probably across the state.
2: Right. Well, of course, uh, the Lady Rebels last night playing Bearden, a Knoxville school, West Knoxville school. You've got that you know, sophistication factor. And and the same was true at um uh, when they played Oak Ridge the other night. Mighty Oak Ridge and there's been a rivalry that's developed between all these communities the last few years. there's you know, the same thing over in Clinton. Clinton teams when they get to play uh Knoxville schools and they can beat them. And they feel good about that because they kind of feel like they're the the poor stepsisters and stuff <laughs> like that. And and so you've got some communities surrounding Knoxville that really get into wanting to play the Knoxville teams and beat the Knoxville teams. And I think that's definitely the case, the way you're talking, in Marable, which has always had a great pride in their sports programs being the best they can be.
1: Well, we talk about the Lady Rebels getting a championship and and, and hosting a sub-state game there on Saturday, but the the men still have work to do. They're going to play tonight. They're actually going to play the oak ridge wildcats in yes. uh, in a championship match tonight
2: and that's gonna be another good game and I'm familiar with uh with both teams of course maribel rolled over Clinton the other night uh wasn't even close um joe um joe anderson uh, joe anderson scored thirty five points uh Clayton coach uh Chris Locker told me after the game. He said, You know, I love watching Joe Anderson play, but I don't like to be the coach against him. He... But uh, they uh they they rolled up a big lead and uh Chris Oak Ridge uh it they had to work to beat Beard. And uh, now they've 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 had a good season too. They went they went undefeated in their district. But the last three or four games they've uh, They've struggled a little bit, and uh, when they beat William Blunt for the, I guess it was in the um, first round of the region, they only won by four points. So uh, they're they're not as strong as they were a few years ago when they had T Higgins. I mean, I mean, they're still a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the powerhouse that they were. But right. that will be that will be a good game. I, I expect there'll be a big crowd down there. There was a big crowd there the other night for the. Uh, boys semifinal
1: yeah we're i'm and gonna make a, a
2: good game catch
1: i'm gonna try to try to catch up with you i'm gonna make the trip tonight uh get over there and check them out but I, I think if you look at the dynamic round one round two Oak Ridge, like you said wins by four against william blunt wins by three against beard and the red rebels uh take a 28 point victory over Carnes, and then they take a 27 point victory over clinton uh, is, is that Joe Anderson power, or is that – to me, when I watch the Red Rebels, Joe Anderson's the – he's the he's the conductor. He's the, the guy who's getting the engines going. But, I mean, you, you talk about the guys that he can make – he can shoot open. It It's interesting to watch Ashton Maples work. It's interesting to watch, you know, Siler's work. Because Siler's is a big kid, but he can knock down the three, and I think that's what makes him dynamic.
2: Oh yeah I mean, I mean, they've got a good team, obviously, I mean it's more than john Anderson. Anderson put in the baskets, obviously, but uh, he's got four people out there helping him and and just like the girls they they play very well together as a team, and as many coaches have told me when you get into tournament play, your team play is very important, very crucial, and certainly um. Uh, the Maribel boys right now are very much a uh, um, playing a strong team game, and uh, uh, again, I think. Uh, I, I talked to um, Mark Eldridge last night. Of course, I've known Mark for years because he was coaching up here at Anderson County before he came to Maribel, and uh, he was uh, he was saying they've been on this roll, and uh, he feels if they can start strong tonight then then they should be in a good position I, I would tend to agree although Oak Ridge will give them a good challenge no doubt
1: so do you do you think you know and again high school basketball it, it, you know I spent most of my 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 time in double-a but when you get to you see a guy like Joe Anderson and again he's a Fulton commit maybe a full or not a Fulton a a Furman sorry signee. Okay. And uh, and he's going to go play basketball for the Paladins, but is he a generational player? Is he a guy that that I mean, he's the all-time leading scorer at Maryville High School. He you know breaks Lee Humphrey's record against Alcoa. I mean, mm-hmm. you just can't write a better story. Uh, is this a, is this a kid that's that's going to be talked about for a long time?
2: You mean on the on the high school level or or, or moving forward? On
1: the high school level, I mean, I think he's you know anytime oh, oh, you make oh, that yeah. jump.
2: Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean uh, he'll uh, uh, he'll definitely be be remembered for for what he's accomplished at, at Marble as as Humphrey was, and uh, you know I remember a few years ago there was a tournament. Marble always hosts that uh, Christmas tournament, and Anderson County usually plays at it, and uh, Humphrey showed up one night. At the game. This is about four years ago, I guess. And, uh, brother, the whole, uh, gym there just about erupted in applause when, when he walked in. And, and he'd been gone from Maribel for a while. But, yeah, I mean, he'll, uh, he'll definitely be up there as, as one of their, uh, great players that they've had there. And, and, and what's a very strong basketball tradition at Maribel High School? Everybody talks about football tradition, but you've got a good, uh, marvel high basketball tradition as well
1: absolutely especially especially in the last decade uh, i think i think yeah. really really pushed the the envelope with coach eldridge and 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 company but 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 i think i think the not the game tonight's going to be a great game and, and and you know i think both teams got to go in knowing that that how you got to tonight's game isn't as important as what you got to do for 32 minutes and I think right. you know you look at it and and Mariville's come in with two blowouts I mean it's it's been it's been really easy for them to get to this regional championship round um but I don't think they can sit on that and I think they can't look across at what is a good Oak Ridge team and, and not right. look at it and say they're still here it doesn't matter that they got here by by a combined seven points. They're here, so we've got to play for 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 a whole game. and I think Oak Ridge, like and you Oak, said, is going to be a really good challenge.
2: Yeah, and Oak Ridge is going to come in ready to play. Um, the other night after of course Oak Ridge and Bearden played the uh, the first game, and uh, usually in that situation after uh, after that first game, the, the second game's underway, the coaches might hang around for a while players might hang around for a while and then leave. Uh, Aaron Green, the uh, Oak Ridge coach, he was there until early in the fourth quarter before he left. So he he was doing some extra scouting the other night, which uh, wouldn't usually be the case. So I think they'll probably be well prepared. I said they they had a pretty tough practice yesterday. I know Green the way I do.
1: Yeah, and, and, and the thing is is the way you practice for Joe Anderson is just run and run and run some more because he, right, he can right, he can really push right. the, the speed and the tempo. But, but Freddie, I, I think it's going to be a great game tonight. I'm excited to see what happens. But what I like about it is both these teams are going to get to the sub-state. It's just a matter of, of whether you're going to travel and play the, the, the winner of Dobbins-Bennett and Science Hill or if you're going to host the loser of that same game.
2: Right, right. So I'm excited. I, uh, I saw I saw Cyrus Hill this year. They uh, they played at Clinton, and, and quite honestly, Clinton should have won the game. It, it was it was close all the way. Now, I don't know what's what's happened uh, since then. And uh, whoever whoever loses tonight is going to be a disadvantage from just having to travel up there on Monday. Absolutely, uh, I'd yeah. say the winner will be in in. Uh, in pretty good shape as far as the travel factor is concerned. But, uh, I know science Hill has this great record, but, uh, um, they haven't had a lot of blowouts this year. They've had, at least up until the time they play Clinton at the end of January. They, most of their games were, were not blowouts. They were fairly close, but we'll see what happens.
1: Absolutely. I'll tell you, Freddie, uh, I w- I went to the Maryville Cleveland game. You know, Cleveland number one team in the state at the time when they yeah. played Maryville, and 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 that was a matchup that I think, even though Maryville was really good and they were number five in the state coming into that matchup, they had they right. turned a corner right there because they you know had the ball possession with with like six seconds to go, could have won the game, could have tied the game. Uh, but but came up just just a hair short. But I think that validated some things for this team, for the coaching staff, for the players. And from that point, they've just it's been it's been you know pretty pretty rough on their opponents uh, moving forward. So yeah. I think I think Maryville's uh, putting on a pretty good show, and I think they're going to show up tonight, especially on their home floor, uh, to be able to to to. Say not only are we playing tonight, but we want to have another game on Monday night. We want to yeah. want
2: to host another. Cleveland, game. Uh, you know, Cleveland's also beat Oak rich. Uh, so that's that's a common factor there. Do you know so, what the uh, score of that was? Uh, no.
1: Because I tell you, I tell you, Cleveland was deceptively good. Like it's yeah. one of those things they didn't necessarily always look good, but in a three-minute stretch, they could score you know twenty points. Right. So uh, it, it was it was a dynamic that I hadn't seen. But, Freddie, we're going to have to get to a break, Listen, to these fine sponsors. Hey, do you got a few minutes to talk a little bit about the, uh, yeah. the wild and crazy world of baseball?
2: Yeah, I can hang
1: around. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back with Freddie Baseball. You're listening to The Grind, Thursday edition right here, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM and streaming at wkvl.com. We'll be right back. or go to DonnaCry.com. M-I-G is an equal housing lender.
3: El Jimidor Mexican Grill. Authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimidor offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040, and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimidor Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimidor Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports.
1: So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Mariville a place where they treat you like family, and
3: it's always a good time. When you bring the kids to Rule King, they always love grabbing some free popcorn and following the tracks to look at the chicks. And there's never been a better time to check out the Chick Tanks because it's Chick Days at Rule King. Whether you prefer turkeys, ducks, guineas, geese, meat birds, pullets, or want to order any of 150 other breeds, with Rule King, poultry is made easy. So, come out to Chick Days, where assorted chicks start at just $1.99. Only at Rule King, America's Farm and Home Store.
1: This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, TheGrindOnSports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss the show, You don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's
0: thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports.
1: And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser. Got Fred Stroll on the phone line. And we're talking sports right here on a Thursday edition. But, Fred, uh, talk a little bit about we're going to kind of go dual role here. Uh, You know, baseball is what we kind of started with there several months ago in the World Series timing. But since then, Freddie, man, it's went off the rails
2: oh yeah with the uh the thing in Houston you're yeah. talking about yeah well yeah, in uh, on the
1: and the uh, uh, outskirts of it
2: yeah. i um number one of course i I liked the astros uh players and everything, but um I think that World Series title ought to be vacated. I, uh, I I wouldn't hand it to Los Angeles, but um, uh, the NCAA has vacated some uh, basketball championships over the years, and I think that's really what ought to happen there. And I really don't understand how, of course, the manager—well, the, the Astros manager and the, the Boston manager have got. Fired over it, suspended, whatever you want to call it, but but I'm I'm surprised some players didn't get uh, some repercussions out of it.
1: So so the whole oh. deal was is that the players got immunity just so that they would tell the truth, and so that's that, what
2: it sounds like. Yeah,
1: so that's the dynamic on that. But now the vacated championship, you, you know, I I just I don't understand their their reasoning for that. But uh, you, you know, I. To me it's just like you look at the repercussions of what happened there you know like Jose Altuve won the MVP the AL MVP right. over Aaron Judge well you take away right. his home batting average and lord it's not even close Aaron Judge should have smoked him so it's it's just yeah. it's the repercussions that rippled out from that 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 really kind of stunned some things and then and then now in in spring training uh, the Astros are basically I mean, they're having to wear, like, full body armor when they go to the plate because people are lighting oh, yeah.
2: them up. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing now, I think the Astros were smart in hiring Dusty Baker as their manager. <laughs> as, uh, as someone said, he is the adult in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's he been doesn't. around a long time. And uh, I saw his uh, press conference live. When when he was announced as manager, and I, from the beginning, I thought he would be a good choice just because uh, he's been around so long, and, and uh, uh, these guys—I mean—they're still going to go out and play on the field. But but uh, I'm I'm a little surprised you've had all the, the incidents and everything you yeah, have. I haven't followed that much, but uh, apparently there's there's just the uh, league wide uh opposition players are really upset about what happened and they're and they're taking it off taking it out on the on the team and uh, there may be some repercussions down the line from all that too i think the commissioners probably going to get that under control
1: oh i think absolutely the season starts and then some teams got to realize that and I think they do, and I think guys like Bellinger and 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 you know other people are are going to be vocal just because that's their personality. But there's a lot of these players from that 17 Astros team on other teams. I mean, I was looking. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny locally. There was a an Astros shirt at a at a at a local department store, and it was like 4.99, and it was the championship shirt. And I yeah. went, I yeah. went, wow. And But it had the roster on the back. And I'm looking and I'm like, he's not there anymore. He's right. not there anymore. And one of them was Dallas Keuchel. And I went,
0: mm-hmm. ooh.
1: So it's it's just mm-hmm. one of those things, like once you start saying all these players need to be penalized, and I'm not saying they don't, but I'm just saying, like it's going to have a far-reaching effect based on the fact of, of how players spider across the league anymore.
2: Right. Right, and of course, sign stealing is nothing new. Right, right. Baseball has been going on for years. It was the fact that you you kind of got into the, uh, I guess, the electronics of it a little bit.
1: Yeah, maybe First, the beating on the trash cans kind of set them off.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little surprised that this all didn't come out earlier than it did. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were rumors of this stuff going on. Just nobody wanted to blow the whistle on it until they did. But uh, baseball, it's going to be a challenge this year because um, the integrity of the game has been questioned. And even though it was one team, it still impacts all the others. Right. It'll the- be interesting to see how this all goes right when they start the regular season. It was just a few weeks away. Right will be I guess we'll be playing major league regular season games before the end of this month,
1: right, and where the
2: schedule works now
1: and, and you know I when the, when the story broke, my stance on this and it and it hasn't changed a lot. i I mean, I think the more I know about the Houston situation, the more egregious they were in their in their kind of way of doing it. but to me, to tell me that the that the Houston Astros cuz you know they didn't just one day get in into a room and say we're going to get a lot better at sign stealing and we're going to use technology this is this goes back to apple watches in the dugout this goes back to a lot of different things that has spun over the the last probably 15 20 years since technology's right. really ramped up uh, you can't tell me other teams aren't doing a version of of this. Now maybe they don't oh, yeah. maybe oh, they don't yeah, have right. command central like like Houston did where you could basically, you know, dictate all this stuff and catch all this film and what have you. Right. But there there's a certain level of of pushing the envelope I think at every franchise.
2: Well, the other thing in in the Houston situation as good as that team is the players they've had they didn't need to do that. I mean, they were a well-rounded team and the fundamentals played well, but they, they didn't need all this other stuff. I yeah. think that's really too bad about it because they were such a good team. I mean, I mean that year they won the World Series, and that was the year that they had the big storms down there and the flooding. and Everyone kind of gathered around Houston, supported the Astros, the rest of that season, and what have you, and it's a shame the way... Uh, way it all came out there at the end
1: so so when we finish the uh and this is another point and i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna ask your opinion so you know the world series astros nationals there was the big weird scenario where no home team could get a win right i'm not a conspiracy theorist entirely but with that investigation going on is is there any is there any credence to the fact that Major League Baseball knew they were about to drop the hammer and didn't need the Astros being the reigning World Series champ? Uh,
2: <laughs> I I don't think so. I I I I don't buy into that. I still you know we we started talking last year during the World Series and I I still love that World Series, but, but no, I don't I don't think that was a, factor it's just I, not, it's am I'm, I'm not that cynical i'm cynical about love <laughs> i just uh, it, it I was know. interesting I, I don't know if I, I don't know if i mentioned this to you or not last year We're getting off the uh, board here a little bit but my cousin who uh grew up in annapolis maryland was a big washington senators fan he's living in chicago now but his son got him tickets to uh, i guess it was the second game in washington um, the World Series, and they went. And uh, my cousin, he was watching the Senators back in the uh, late '60s when they were terrible. Right. And he finally got a chance to see a Washington team in the World Series, and I talked to him a few weeks ago about it. And he's still talking about it. He said that was one of the biggest thrills of his life because the Senators were so bad back when when he was going to their games. But
1: uh, that's that's so but awesome. No, I, <laughs>
2: I just think it was just a stroke of. Luck the way uh, the way that series. Well, I, I was actually watching the uh, World Series film the other day on MLB Network, oh. and uh, those are good games. I mean, uh, a lot of excitement.
1: I do think though, and again,
2: it's too bad that Houston, you know, Houston got caught up in this thing.
1: I do think it's uh, it did ease things some though that it worked out that way with the Nationals winning because uh, it, it it made one less franchise that was blowing the phones up saying, "Hey, it's ours! It's ours! You need to give it back."
2: <laughs> right, I think uh, long term. I think uh, we really need to have an exciting baseball season this year with good, clean, competitive baseball, competitive races. Sort of to uh, try to calm down some of all the stench that's coming out of all this other stuff. I think that would be the best thing that the uh, the game would have right now. As, and I think there'll be some competitive races this year.
1: As we exited last season, you you liked Houston to be right back in the mix. Uh, has that stood up, or do you do you think? I I mean, I like the Yankees, so I, I kind of think the uh, the Bombers got a little something to say about it.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the Yankees certainly, at this point, have to be looked at as uh, a team that's going to go far this year. Um, I'm not sure how Houston will will pan out on all that, but I think the Yankees it's 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 their year. Uh, National League, I'm not sure. I think National League East race is going to be interesting this year. I think um, I think with the exception of Miami, I think uh, I think you could have a lot of competition. I, I expect the Mets to be better this year. I think the Phillies and Braves will be in the mix with the Nationals. I I think that could be a a real good race.
1: uh, Do you think Uh, the Braves minus Josh Donaldson is just as good as they were a year ago?
2: Well, they've got a lot of people there. I mean, the the loss of Donaldson hurt, but uh, they've got a lot of other pieces on the field. That's why I think I I can see a very close race this year. Absolutely. and of course the Dodgers, the Dodgers, the Dodgers, you know they've got they've got the uh, mookie bets now, and uh, um, we'll see what happens, Of course, you can talk about the regular season all you want you get into the playoffs and you see what happened last year, so yeah, you just
1: gotta get there. you just gotta get there, but they uh, just
2: need a, they just need a good competitive season to uh, help get things back on track the way babe Ruth got things back on track uh. 100 years ago, after the Black Sox game, people forget, 1920, this uh, was 100 years ago, he started his career with the Yankees after being traded from the, uh, or sold from the Red Sox, and uh, that's what baseball needs now. Wow,
1: wow. Yeah, a little comeback year, 100 years later. But, uh, right. but Freddie Baseball, fun talking with you, and we actually got some baseball in there, shocker. Love that we were yeah. able to do that, but... Uh, but uh always welcome to call in anytime you want. uh hopefully yeah, maybe well, if
2: you're at the game if you're at the game tonight uh, I'll be running around with a notebook
1: hey, we might have I'm to say hello we might have to rekindle tomorrow and talk about some because results. Wayne, from
2: Wayne, I not, Wayne I have not met you personally I talked you on the phone I mean I know Robert but I haven't met you personally so
1: I'll make it a point to make <laughs> it happen
2: <laughs> I'm the old I'm the old white-haired looking guy
1: <laughs> Well, I'll look forward to meeting you tonight, Freddie but uh right, but Wayne. hey take care.
2: Good luck. Have a good day. Hey,
1: see you, babe. Bye. And again, Freddie Baseball calling in. He's he's part of the Oak Ridger, working with the Clinton uh, Courier, but uh, he will be in Maryville tonight as he, uh, alumni of Maryville College, a friend of mine and Robert Boone, uh, Booner that comes on on Mondays, but always fun to talk to because he has insight about a lot of things. But let's take our last break of the day. Listen to these fine sponsors. If you like what you've heard, you should get on social media, like this page, uh, like this, and you can get all the grind shows at the touch of a button. So get on Facebook, the Grind underscore WKVL on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud, the Grind on Sports, and then on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music. Search the Grind on Sports. All those things made possible so you can get the grind whenever is easy for you. But we're gonna head on to another break, last break of the day. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about, I don't know. We're going to find something. We're going to talk bracketology. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk something as we grind on a Thursday. But we'll talk on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM. We'll be right back. Go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender.
3: The Great Smoky Mountains Food Truck Festival is coming to Little Arrow Outdoor Resort in Townsend on March 28th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Enjoy a fun-filled day by the river with nearly 40 food trucks from the East Tennessee region. An event for all ages, parking, shuttle service, and swag pack are included with your ticket. Bring your own refillable water bottle to minimize the environmental impact. Tickets are only $5 and may be purchased on Facebook
1: So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place
3: where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. The Alcoa Kiwanis Antique Appraisal Fair is coming up Saturday, March 14, 2020, from 10 to 2.30 at the Maryville First Baptist Church Family Life Center. 202 West Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville. And all proceeds support the Alcoa Kiwanis projects. The appraisers are caseantiques.com. So bring your coins, gold, books and documents, guns and military items. Appraisals for individual items are $5 each. General opinions for large collections, $15 and chili lunches will be available. It's the Alcoa Kiwanis Antique Appraisal Fair, Saturday, March 14th at the Maryville First Baptist Church Family Life Center at 202 West Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville. For more information, contact David Dugan at 865-984-6551. We'll see you there. This is Wayne
1: Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, the grind. If you're looking for a way to catch the grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything the grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com.
3: That's thegrindonsports.com. To celebrate 100 years of outstanding economic progress in the Blunt County community, the Blunt Chamber is pulling out all the stops by bringing in America's number one corporate and private party band, Party on the Moon, to the new event venue at the Airport Hilton on Saturday, March 7th for their anniversary celebration concert and dinner. The anniversary celebration kicks off from 6 to 7 with a lively cocktail hour of music and interactive displays, followed by an outstanding buffet and three hours of non-stop performance by Party on the Moon, the 13-member band no stuffy speeches this live band has something for everyone general admission tickets to the event are $100 each and can be purchased by calling 865-983-2241 or online at bluntchamber.com the hilton is offering discounted hotel room rates of $99 for members wishing to stay overnight group rates of $500 for six admission tickets and $1,000 table rates for 10 tickets for detailed information visit bluntchamber.com
1: Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. We, we talked a little Freddie baseball. We talked a little Freddie basketball. Now we're going to talk a little Lady Vols basketball as Tennessee will, will open the SEC tournament in, in the, the Bon Secours Wellness Arena there in Greenville, South Carolina. They will open as a 20-9 record, 10-6 and six in the conference play, Will open at 8:30 p.m. tonight. Second round of the 2020 SEC tournament. The Lady Vols, tied for third in the league, were assigned the number six seed based on the SEC tiebreaker policy. They will meet the number eleven-seeded Missouri Lady Tigers. They're nine and twenty-one on the season, five and eleven in conference play. They did defeat Ole Miss, who was seven and twenty-three in the first round, to make it to this second-round matchup with the Lady Vols. Tennessee defeated Missouri 77-66 in Knoxville to open the SEC slate back on January the 2nd. The Lady Balls lead the all-time series versus the Tigers 10-3. UT comes into the tournament on a three-game winning streak, having defeated Vanderbilt, Ole Miss at home, and Auburn on the road to secure the program's 43rd 20-victory season in the past 44 years. The 2018-19 squad finished 19 and 13 and came up with a win short of keeping a lengthy and came up a win short of keeping a lengthy streak intact. So one year ago that streak came to an end and the new one started this season. The winner of Thursday night's contest advanced to the third round to meet the number 3 seeded Kentucky Lady Wildcats at approximately 8:30 on Friday night. Thursday's game will be televised on the SEC Network, and Courtney Law will be your play-by-play. Car- Carolyn Peck will be your analyst. And L- Lady Vol for life, a- Andrea Carter, will be on the sideline or side court uh, to get you your updates from that side. So uh, check it out again, 8.30 tonight. Here's the thing. The Lady Vol's length, the Lady Vol's speed, and, and the Lady Vol's ability can win a lot of basketball games in this tournament. I think tonight... If they take care of business, again, if they turn it over 30 times, anybody can beat Tennessee. Point blank, let that sink in. But Tennessee's got a pretty good record in the SEC tournament. They enter Thursday night's game with a 79-23 and all-time record in their 41st year of the SEC tournament. So they only lose a game in this tournament basically every, almost every other year. A game, a single game. The Lady Vols improved to 35-5 all-time in their opening game of the SEC tournament and are 26-9 in their second contest of the tournament. UT was the number eight seed a year ago and is playing as a number six seed for the first time. Number six is the Big Orange highest seeding since entering as a number five in 2017 while it was in Greenville. So again, not that's why changes are made. We talk about that all the time. Tennessee seeking to capture its league leading 18th SEC championship trophy UT was victorious in 80 this is going to this is this tells you why things are important they won this tournament in 80 85 88 89 92 94 96 98 99 2000 2005 2006 2008 2010 11 12 and 14 the longest drought to date is right now as it's been this will be the sixth since their last victory ut has advanced to the title game in two of the past six seasons winning in 2014 as a two seed over number four kentucky and falling as a two seed to number one south carolina in 2015 the big orange women are 24 and 7 in sec tournament play since 07 08 and tennessee has had 15 sec tournament mvps through the years with the Lady Vols winning four of the last nine award, Isabel Harrison in 14, Glory Johnson in 12, Shakina Strickland in 2011, Alicia Brewer in 2010 were the past four MVPs. The Lady Vols won the very first SEC tournament in 1980 as they defeated Ole Miss 85 to 71 in Stokely in Knoxville. Uh, this is this is uh, this marks the active the active SEC tournament debut for the, the for six of 12 Lady Vols, including Lou Brown, Jordan Horston, Tamara Key, Jaden McCoy, Jesse Reney, and Emily Saunders. Uh, this will be the first time that they are playing in this tournament. It's also the first SEC tournament for Kelly Harper as a coach. Uh, Kelly Harper had an 11-1 and record in the SEC tournament during her time as a student athlete in 96, 98, and 99. As they went won the tournaments, the only loss was in the 1997 Semifinals, so it's one of those deals that a lot of a lot of first for this this Tennessee team, a storied program in this tournament, but a team that youthful uh, will be seeing a lot of this stuff for the first time. But you got to take care of business tonight to to have to worry about Kentucky, to have to worry about getting to Championship Day. Uh, You've got to take care of business. You were good enough to get that first round by, and now you've got to prove how good you were. You've got to beat Missouri. And get an opportunity to play um, Kentucky there tomorrow night. So uh, I think it's going to be fun uh, to see what they can do. I think it's going to be fun to to have the weight of uh, uh, of of not getting to 20 wins, the weight of 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 having a bad season, the weight of not looking good. Some of those things are gone. A three game win streak to finish the, the regular season. Granted, not against great teams, but finding ways to win is is something that you have to do in transitional times, and they were able to do that. So I I wish the best for the Lady Vols tonight. I think they get the victory over Missouri if they play well very easily. But I think if they turn it over 20-plus times, then it's going to be a struggle, and they're going to have to shoot well to win. Uh, But we'll see how that shakes out. Game starts at 8.30, late start for, for, for the East Coasters. But, again, stay up, check out your Lady Vols, and get that in tow. But uh, we're about out of time here, but I want to give a little shout-out right here at the end of the show, uh, 42nd Street Marketing, that's 42SD.com. They're the ones that are helping me rebrand and remarket the grind, try to get us on a lot of different platforms, and they're helping us with that. Again, 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. They're right off McCayman Avenue, and they can check them out online, 42SD.com, or you can give them a call, 865-382-4222. Seven zero zero seven. You'll talk to Miss Jana, as I talk to her regularly, and uh, she'll get you hooked up and get you get you in there uh, to talk about what that looks like to develop your brand and what that looks like and how they can work uh, to get you uh, out, up, and going. So, uh, always excited to work with them, and they are local and invested in Blunt County but we're right out of time don't miss if you missed any of today's show you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast and Google Play Music all search the grind on sports uh, but we're out of time don't miss top of the hour Jason Swain and the Swain event it's what is a block of sports right here on WKVL your source for sports in Blunt County WKVL but if you're on your way to work or on your way home take care be safe and yes
0: Go Vols!